following is a Furnished Brothers production. Introducing your hosts, Rob and Ryan. Please welcome to the Talking Buds Podcast. What is up, everybody? We are back. Episode 5. Thank you very much for downloading. And Ryan, no shortage of things to talk about tonight. Yeah, man. Well, first I want to say what's going on, everyone. And man, tonight, all I can say was, apart from the Leafs effort, that was probably one of the most boring NHL hockey games I've watched this year. Like, that was just two teams that... Calgary dominated for most of the game, but until the third period, like they had their chances, but it was just such a no intensity, no, no hitting, no nothing. Just a very boring, slow hockey game. And the Leafs were so slow. Like it looked like they were moving in slow motion sometimes and they pushed back near the end, but it was a little too late. It was tough. It was tough. That's for sure. Okay. So before we address the elephant in the room. Let's let's recap the last week since we last talked. Two big emotional wins over the Winnipeg Jets. The game last Wednesday in Winnipeg was what I thought their best game of the season. Followed by Saturday's come-from-behind win after the elephant in the room, Austin Matthews' injury. Yeah, well, Saturday, that game, both games really, like... I thought Tuesday was more of like a complete effort and I thought Winnipeg didn't play as well. And then Saturday I thought the Leafs were okay in the first period. I thought they got dominated in the second and then Matthews went down early second. Truba. I thought Truba was all over him all night. Like I, it wasn't even that play. I thought all night Truba made it. He was on Matthews. That was his assignment. And he made a point to always finish his check on him. And then he got him with a pretty solid hit in front of the net. Right. And we'll we'll touch on we'll touch on Matthews and what happened there in just a little bit. So two big emotional wins. They come into tonight's game. They're playing a Calgary team that's you know is gonna be fired up after losing three in a row and getting absolutely dummied by the Pittsburgh Penguins last week, nine to one. So you knew the Flames were gonna come in here hot and ready to play, and that's exactly what happened. What you said earlier, they dominated the Leafs, outshot them 12-4 in the first period, 21-12 in the second. I thought the pace sort of picked up in the third period and it started to become more of a run-and-gun hockey game, but Flames scored two goals within 55 seconds and you're just kind of sitting there going, it's going to be one of those nights. It actually reminded me a lot of the game against St. Louis a couple weeks ago. They just, just weren't really in it from the start. Calgary dominated the game. Like they, they dominated the game. It's just, I thought through the first two periods, like both teams, there was just no intensity and not no score. So you're sitting there watching being like, wow, this is a middle. This is like, we're getting into the games now where there's going to be some games like this, some boring zero, zero hockey games going into the third period. But I thought the Leafs just looked like they were just one step behind all night skating. They just kind of threw the puck away in their own end. Just. It was not impressive effort whatsoever. I don't want to overreact or anything because they just came off two huge wins, one big comeback against Winnipeg. But tonight was just, they just did not have it tonight. 
Yeah, they didn't. They, they yeah, from like I said earlier, from the get go, they just they just weren't engaged. And Kadri gets the goal, five on three, beautiful setup from Mitch Marner. And then there was the weird play at the end where Zach Hyman thought he scored and even sallied. Yeah, like, like the whole team sallied, man. It was it was a little awkward. I can't remember seeing anything like that happening recently. Yeah. Like whoa, like uh, the. The light went on, like everyone jumped into the pile. Levo was in there in his face congratulating him. Riley came over and then the flames were going down the ice and then the ref blew the whistle. That was just that was just a weird play. If you're gonna if there is a positive to be taken away from this, it's Kadri got another goal. So he's kind of got the monkey off his back here in the last week. And I thought Freddie Anderson was by far the best Maple Leaf on the ice tonight. Yeah, I think they'll pass three games over the last week have been Frederick Anderson proving that he's he's ready to go and October's coming to an end and his numbers in this October compared to the last two are not even close he's been fantastic like again tonight he only allowed two goals the third one was an empty netter so I've been really impressed with Frederick Anderson he looks super mobile he made a couple saves going across the crease early in the first he made about three of them well he looks like that when he's playing well I find when he's when he's playing well and he's locked in he the way he moves is really like he's really fluid and he's not tense and he's in the right position and he makes the saves look easy that's when you know his his body language is is a real tell about how he's feeling and how he's gonna play yeah and 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 even in Winnipeg like that Saturday game, they had a couple breakaways. Like they caught the Leafs. The Leafs were in the O zone, and the the D kind of fumbled a puck. And there was a Winnipeg Jet ready to take go on a breakaway all through that game. And he stopped Ehlers on one, and then Shifley scored on that one. But I think Fr- Frederick Anderson's been extremely impressive the last three games. I agree. And and to, to what you said earlier, I'm, we're not gonna we're not gonna overreact and panic. They didn't play well. I mean, we're we're not even a full week removed from what I thought was their best game of the season last week in Winnipeg. It happens. You're gonna lay an egg sometimes, and I think that's just what happened tonight. Yeah, like I yeah exactly. We're watching the game tonight, and we could sit here and analyze the the line combinations. Oh, maybe you should have put Kapan in with Kadri and kept Marner on the first line or whatever but you just want to give you just, we understand at lasley fans that they're gonna have games like this and let's not super overreact and hopefully if they play the next couple of games like this then we'll be a little concerned but let's just not get too carried away after one night what's up everybody thank you for downloading episode five of talking buds just want to take a sec here to let you know that we are on instagram at talking buds podcast on twitter at talking buds pod you can download the show on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and YouTube. Spread the word. Tell your friends. We really appreciate all the support we've been given. Thanks so much. Now, let's get back to the Toronto Maple Leaf Podcast for all the buds. This is the Talking Buds Podcast. The only thing mildly concerning about tonight is the fact that it is the first game after finding out that Austin Matthews is going to be out a minimum of four weeks with a shoulder injury. Ryan, I've literally been waiting all day to ask you this question. I need to know your answer. 
He missed 20 games last season with the same injury just on his other shoulder. Is it time to consider Austin Matthews an injury-prone player? Yeah, this is the question of the day. And now being injured three times within last season and this season and the way he's been injured, you look at all the hits, they're all awkward hits through the neutral zone or in front of the net, just hard contact. He doesn't really fall to the ground or anything, but it's just hard contact. And his shoulder just, I don't know what happens to his shoulder, but it seems to be not correct because every time he gets hit like this, it's a shoulder injury and it shouldn't be like that because guys get hit around the league and they don't bust shoulders. But I don't want to call him an injury-prone player yet because I want to have optimism looking forward to this guy's career as a Maple Leaf. So... I'm not ready to dub him that yet, but it's a very polarizing question right now because it's concerning. You want to be, it's yeah, you want to be so optimistic because all the future years ahead, he needs to be in a Maple Leaf jersey to get the ultimate goal, the Shannon plan seen through. But if he comes back from this and then gets injured again, it's kind of he's kind of in that territory of if he is injury prone. It's definitely concerning. And you're right. You don't want to jump to conclusions. Like you look at the Sidney Crosby example from a few years ago where pe- people were talking about him potentially retiring after his concussion issues. And he's a, he's come back and won two cups. So you, you don't want to jump to conclusions. But it is concerning that this is an injury that he's had before. Granted, it was on the other shoulder. But he seems to like he's had shoulder problems. He's had them dating back to his childhood. So I, I don't know. I mean, it's like, it's kind of at the point now when he's out there skating around, you, you, I, you're watching him now and you're just going like for the rest of the season, every time he's out there, I'm going to be going, please don't get hurt. Please don't get hurt. Please don't get hurt. Please don't get hurt. Like, I just don't, I don't, uh, I just, I'm, I'm, I, I am, I am a little concerned about it, Ryan. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little bit concerned. Yeah. It just sucks for him because yeah, he was kind of scoreless through those last couple of games before that hit, but it just takes him out of the debate for all the awards, all the conversations, all yeah, the. Yeah, if you can't stay healthy, you you're not you can't be in consideration. Yeah, like you wanna you wanna think of this guy as like a heart trophy candidate or someone of that MVP ilk, and now when you go down for games like this, then it, it just ruins those chances and it sucks. And I feel like the reason why Leaf fans aren't ready to dub him injury prone the diehard Leaf fans is because we don't want to admit it to ourselves because we want this guy to be the guy for the next couple of years, but he can't do that when he's on the IR. No. And you, the last thing you want is to have a situation where like it multiple times a season, he's out missing games due to injury, which is what happened last year. And like, we're not even like, we're not even a month into the season yet. And he's already on the shelf and he's on the shelf for a long time. It's, it's like, I'm trying, I'm trying to be, and I am, maybe I'm just being overzealous Leaf fan here, but I'm trying to just stay calm and be like, okay, we're going to work through it. They have depth. They have, like, if I can be Captain Obvious for a second, the signing of John Tavares has never been more important. Like, could you imagine, could you imagine if they didn't sign Tavares? Par Lindholm is your number two centerman right now. Yeah. And Freddie Gauthier is your number three center. And it's, oh, jeez, Jesus. Like, for this Matthews injury, like I personally, I'm a guy who's a fan of, you know, he's going down. At least it's early in the season. They say a minimum four weeks, but I can see it being a lot longer than four weeks because it's early and you want to take precautions with him because of 
his shoulder history, but I'm excited to see what guys step up. It's guys like Casper Captain in the past who had an opportunity to step in when there were injuries. Well, Look at how he's turned way up. Yeah, exactly. And Kadri's going to have a lot more opportunity to put the puck in the net. He's got three and three. I know tonight wasn't very good, but he's going to get yeah. more options. He's going to play with better wingers. So, you know what? Like, it can't. I, I, it's sad that he went down, but I, at the same time, let's see what we have because the bottom six has been I thought, a question throughout the season. I, I, it's, and it's, yeah, it is going to be interesting. I'm not sold on. I'm still not sold on Par Lindholm. Like, he, he, like, I, I, I don't really know what he does. He goes out there and kind of floats around. Yeah, I kind of like him on the. Yeah, he's just a. He's a fourth line player. He gives you no offense. It's just same with Frederick Gauthier, no offense. And yeah, you can be a hard player, but when it comes down to it, if you're not chipping in offensively, it's going to be noticed after a while. But the question I'm wondering the most about this Matthews injury is: Is it going to affect? Not affect, but is it going to play a role in Matthews' upcoming contract negotiations? I don't think he'll end up getting less money or the, the Leafs are going to like lowball him or whatever, but you got to believe that in the negotiation, if you're, it, it only makes sense if you're Kyle Dubas to look at his representatives and go, well, he can't stay healthy. He's got to be able to, this is too, like he's going to end up missing. If, if this is, if it's going to be a minimum of four weeks, you're saying longer, potentially he could end up missing just as many games as he missed last season so he's he's missed 21 games in two seasons that's a lot yeah and we don't know I'm not going to sit here and pretend to be the smartest guy in the room and know the conversations that go on between general manager and agent and the player but you just wonder if it somehow plays a factor because if you just look at it if Matthews goes out this year gets 50 goals and he's in the MVP conversation to me that's a lot different than missing 20 plus games or whatever many games he's going to miss and still have a pretty good year. They'll do the, the pro rated stats. So it'll show how many goals he would have scored if he won, if he played all 82 games. But I just, I, I wonder what, how it's going to affect it because it's different. It's different than just being, yeah, you're, you've been hurt. Like we can't put this much into you if you're going to be hurt all the time. Yeah. Especially, especially when you get hurt, like it's so early in the season and you're already, hurt. it's just, it's just unfortunate, man. It just sucks. I'm so bummed out about it. Like, like he started the season just absolutely on fire. He's been my pick to become the next captain. He's the future. He's the franchise. He's just he's 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 Austin freaking Matthews, and I'm just I'm 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 rattled, dude. Yeah, I'm so rattled. Day, at the end of the day, it's just it sucks for us because we just want to see this guy do what he does. We want to see him get in that conversation as one of the best players in the league and put up huge numbers because. Being a Maple Leaf fan for this long, you know, they've been around for a long time. They're a storied franchise, but they don't have a lot of like great statistical numbers from like individual players. Like Dougie got 127 points in 93, even though that'll never be eclipsed again. But it's just, you want to see this guy score 50 goals. Like we haven't had that as a Maple Leaf fan. Did you just pull that stat off the top of your head? What? Did you just pull that Gilmore stat off the top of your head? Yeah, and I know for a fact that it's uh, correct. That's pretty damn impressive. From uh, some old school 93 VHSs. That's how that's I a, remember that's a, that. That's a pretty damn impressive. I'm the biggest Dougie fan of all time. You know the number 93 is in every single one of my passwords. 
Yeah, well, that, well, you just gave away your password, so that's that's that's. Uh, no, I only gave away two two numbers in it. Could be anything else. Yeah, well, you narrowed it down for sure, but that's yeah, true. All right. Uh, okay. Anyways, I just yeah, I'm rattled. I'm upset. I I was bummed to get the news today that it's going to be four weeks. I just I don't I don't know. And and okay, I, I we have to ask it, right? I have to ask it. I wanted to stay away from this topic tonight, but let's just touch on it really quickly. Do you think this Matthews injury adds any sort of sense of urgency to the Nylander negotiation? My opinion on that is no, it doesn't. I think for management, it's no, but for fans, like there's going to be an outcry if there's more games like tonight. If the scoring takes a hit, I think for sure there's going to be more of an outcry to get them back, but I don't think that affects the management of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Like at the end of the day, your salary cap is your worst enemy and you have to do whatever you can to protect your salary cap in this stage of the NHL. Like it's just, it's a killer and I don't care where your team's at. They're still in a good position. In my opinion, they're still going to make the playoffs to me. They're still going to have a winning record out of Matthews being out, but you have to do what you can to protect. Your Dubis salary is cap. not just going to pick up the phone and go, all right, we'll give you 8 million. You got to come back. Like that's that's not happening. Yeah, no, because Austin Matthews isn't gone. Like he's gone for a certain amount of time. And if you trust the depth in your organization, you think you're good enough to win the Stanley Cup, then you should be able to like withstand a hit yeah, like this. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Anyway, I don't I don't know how much more we can stretch out this Matthews talk. And talking about it just depresses me. Quite honestly, I mean, they just had two of their biggest wins probably of the whole season back to back against Winnipeg. And I'm sitting here and just absolutely dejected of the news about Matthews and just having watched that garbage performance against the Calgary Flames just now. I just, oh God, well, it's just a star player. Like you just want to see your star player play hockey because we haven't had too many star players in this city for a long time. Like there was Matt's and. Phil was was Phil, but he still put up big points. But other than that, like they haven't really had anyone like this. And getting Tavares helps, but it just sucks seeing your franchise player, as we call them, on the sidelines and not be able to play. Yeah, I just feel like there's this dark cloud over this episode of the podcast because it just I just I, I get talking about something else and then I go, oh yeah, Matthews is out four weeks. <sighs> anyway. Look, I wanted to pose a question to you. I listened to I listened to a lot of uh, talk radio today, and normally I stay away from listener phone calls for obvious reasons. But I listen I listened to Jeff Blair take some calls today, and there were at least three or four guys calling in who pointed out the Leafs' lack of t- toughness. So there's this sort of like narrative that's developing. Obviously, well, not developing. It started last season in the Boston series when they got pushed around for seven games. And so, like, where are you on that? Where are you on the lack of toughness or the well, think, just the just the fact that, like, they're not they're not big. They're small. They get pushed around. Well, I think you saw it on Saturday night, like the Jets, the the, the Wednesday game wasn't as physical, but I thought the Jets played hard and they showed that. The Leafs could be pushed around, even though the Leafs and ultimately won that game. But I think that game proved it as well. Like as soon as as soon as the Jets started hitting them a little bit, like they have, I think Kadri and Hyman are the only guys who can kind of ruffle some feathers and kind of be that that uh, 
pain in the ass. But Levo, I, I just, Levo's got a little bit of pushback too. Yeah, I saw Levo get in there a little bit, but uh, other than that, like they're just all their star players are, are small. Like John Tavares, like serious guy, but doesn't get involved physically. Marner's not going to get involved physically. Also, looks like he's ten years old. And this is why when you see Truba's hit on Austin Matthews, there's no one on the Toronto Maple Leafs on their defense core that could make a hit like that in front of the net or would even attempt to make a hit like that in front of the net. Yeah. You're watching Jacob Truba and you're like, this is the defenseman that this team needs. Just a physical, in-your-face, nasty guy who can play. Yeah, if if you're you're an opposing team, your game plan has got to be, especially if you're a big Western Conference team, because I find the West style is a lot like there's like big teams in the West, whereas in the East with like Tampa and stuff, it's kind of smaller and more skilled. But if you're like a team like that, with the exception of Boston, Boston's style of play is always going to be um, rough. But if if you're if you're coming in here to play them, that's what I'd be saying. I'd be saying get the puck deep on their D, get in there bang the forwards they got small forwards be aggressive aggressive on the forecheck use your body be physical that would be my that would be my game plan and I know the thing with Matthews happened while the Leafs were in the offensive zone but still Truba goes in there and hits him it didn't look like a dirty hit at all it looked like a good clean body check and people were just saying today like like the they don't have somebody who can go out and lay a hit like that, you know? And I, I honestly, like I said earlier, I don't put a lot of stock into listener phone calls, but I, I don't disagree with that take. Yeah, no. And they, they're a small team. Like you just look at them on paper and I feel like it really starts with their defense. Like they, their defense is really soft. And I think that's why Mike Babcock had such an attachment to Roman Polak is because Regardless of Roman Polak's skill, the guy would, if you're in front of the net, Roman Polak will take a stupid penalty just to protect his goalie. And in a way, yeah, it's a dumb penalty, but in a way, Babcock's like, this is the type of D-man I need on my core because the guys they have right now are so soft. Well, it also sends a message to the other team. We're not just going to let you stand in front of Freddie Anderson. If you're going to stand here, we're going to knock you out of the way. Yeah, like they're top four. Morgan Riley, not tough. Uh, Ron Hainsey, not tough. crafty veteran, not tough. Zaitsev, Zaitsev will yeah. play somewhat physical along the boards, but not tough in front of the net. And Gardner's not tough at all. Yeah, and the and Marty, like Marty's not. Marty can barely make a pass or even skate around the ice. Yeah, but uh, and Ojiganov, Ojiganov's Ojiganov, solid on the back end, but not really much of a. Not really much of it. Like he doesn't have a physical playing style. Yeah, like Hyman is is hands down their their most physical player when it comes to laying hits and going into the corners hard. And Kadri's got some nastiness to him, but Kadri's not laying a bunch of hits. Like they they, they that's why he had an attachment to guys like Leo Komarov because they're kind of missing that factor right now. Even though I know if Leo Komarov was here right now, we'd probably all hate him and want him to leave. But <laughs> yeah, I was just gonna say, careful what you wish for, Ryan. Yeah, but it's just the principle. He'd take Matthews off the first power play to put Komarov out there. Yeah, like I don't think having Matt Martin like changes people getting injured, but like just an overall team. Like there's some good skilled players in the NHL who are also like very physical players. And the Leafs just don't have a player like that. They just have a bunch of skilled players, but none of them really have that nastiness to them. 
Anyway, I, I don't disagree with the take. It's it, Do you think it's something that they need to address? Well, you can't, like, how, how can you really come, address like, before it? the trade deadline? And I hate being, I hate being go out and get someone at the deadline guy. Like, that's just such a, like, an unrealistic thing to throw out there. But it's like, if you're, if you're Kyle Dubas and this is your windows this year, you're, you're obviously looking for defensive help, but you're also looking for some size like some sort, someone who can just go out there and have a bit of pushback. Yeah, and, and like if you look at a, and you, a guy who should be like that is you look at Marlow. Marlow, the money he makes. Like if you put a player at the money that he makes, who kind of does what Marlow does offensively, but also or even a little bit less, but it's just more physical all the time, more intensity all the time. Like they just have too many players who are just nice chill good good bros but they're, they're, they're not gonna ruffle the feathers marlo's and... struggling he's 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 invisible out there yeah it's very perimeter he's just all over the perimeter he's always just waving his stick around the other team's d when they're backing up making a pass in their own end like i never see him forward check i never see him skating down the ice with the puck like he's just kind of he, maybe he still skates fast but it that's all well and good if you're not really doing anything else then it's pretty bad right anything else you want to touch on before we have the announcer man tee us up for bums and beauties no just just basically the only real story like yeah they played two great games against the jets but just austin matthews going down just kind of squandered talking about that and now it's all about how they're gonna how they're gonna go forward with without him and how long is he going to take to get back? And is he injury prone? Is he, who's going to step up? Like there's just so many questions and I hope they play a little bit better than they did tonight against Dallas, but Dallas is a high powered offense too. And then they go play Pittsburgh again on Saturday. So. Yep. Yep. You took the words right out of my mouth. And then after that, they got the Vegas golden Knights at home. Yeah. Like I just, I, I, I hate how they've played like Dallas twice, but Yet they haven't played like Tampa, Boston. They've played Montreal once. Like, yeah, the schedule's weird this year. That's a good point. Yeah, like the schedule's really weird. I'm this not year. a big let's talk about suspension guy or talk about schedule guy, but it's just kind of like, why are they playing the Stars again? Yeah, yeah, I know. And one more thing, what do you think about the let's rate the Calgary Flame away jersey? Oh, I think I thought it was. Uh... Like 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 the one they wore tonight, the white. Yeah, one? the one they wore tonight. I'm not a fan of those jerseys. You're not a fan. I'm kind. I don't know. I'm kind of indifferent to them. I love their third unis that they have. The old school orange and red ones. Those are dope. Yeah, like the both Alberta teams kind of went in that. Like Edmonton went full old school direction. I think that's way better than their other uni. And then Calgary hasn't really like transferred yet. They'll wear it sometimes, but I don't know. I was watching their uni tonight and just those. Just that hot red with <laughs> with the white just on the on the ice. It just I would I'm not a fan. The not red a fan and blue is a great contrast though. Yeah, yeah. And it just there's something and again, something about like when the Leafs play them. Something about the Scotiabank Arena. Like, oh it's just it was so Oh, it's irrelevant. a Morgan there again like, tonight. It's a Morgan there again tonight. Like, like, like they figured they picked it up in the third period and with the go Leafs go chance and that sort of thing. But like they just they it's a morgue in there again tonight. It's just, it's dead quiet. Yeah, just, it's so, like, it's so bright. And, like, I don't know. Like, you're just watching them play in other teams' barns. And it's just, there's something different about other teams' barns. Like, it's just something about the Scotiabank Arena. Like, it's so, 
the ice is so bright and they just it's so dead and they always just seem so flat in there like they've been so good i don't think they've lost a game on the road this year yet no they haven't well i said i said last week my theory this year is they're going to be a better road team than home team yeah it's already it's already proving it and i know some people are not big into home road splits but if you're undefeated on the road so far i think that's saying something yeah i agree I totally it's it amazes me the difference between um Scotiabank Arena, the difference between a Raptor game and a Leaf game. It's like the rap it it that place is rocket during a Raptor game. And during a Leaf game, it's a Morgan there. I, I attribute that to the crowd being less corporate, but I don't know, man. It's yeah, I'm with you. I've ranted it, I've ranted about it a few times on the podcast. Uh, that that place sucks. Yeah, it's just a culture. Like the Raptors have built a culture like that and Ever since the day the ACC slash Scotiabank Arena is open, there's just been a culture in there of just kind of sit in your seat, talk quietly to the person you're with about the game, and and that's like be quiet. And I honestly I feel like a hypocrite even talking about it because when I go to the games, like I'm not the raw raw guy either. But you can't just stand up no. and be the only raw raw well, guy. Stick like a just... sore, you stick out like a sore thumb if you're a raw raw guy. Exactly, it's almost sad. Like if you want to go to a game and just cheer and go crazy for your team and create an atmosphere like it's almost like looked down upon in that arena and it's just i have such an issue with it i don't think it could be like undersold at all like i just don't like it oh i i'm 100 percent with you on that one mr announcer man i think it's about that time it's time to find out who's a bum and who's a beauty take it away buds That's exactly what time it is. It's time for bums and beauties. And Ryan, I got something I got to get off my chest. Can I please go first? Absolutely. Bums and beauties. Let's go. My bum of the week. We're starting negative this time. My bum of the week belongs to none other than downtown Connor Brown. This guy is nowhere. This guy floats up and down the ice. I don't know what he does. In the past, he's been like a Hyman-type first in on the four check, whatever. I thought he was like, oh, okay tonight. He was a little better. And I know all the Brown fans are going to say, well, he plays with Parlin home. But it's like, you see what happens when you get Nazem Kadri away from him and on a line with someone who actually has some skill in the offensive zone? Connor Brown couldn't put the puck in the ocean. I just, I, I have no, that he's not progressed at all this year. He's been he's been one of the nice surprises in years past in the Babcock era, but he he's just done. He's nowhere. He's nowhere. Yeah, I have a theory on guys who were offensively skilled in junior, and given he did score 20 goals in his first year as a Leaf, and given that year he did play with Austin Matthews, so I understand kind of the argument that way, but I have a theory that if you take an offensive player and you put him on the third or fourth line long enough— they just turn into checkers, and I feel like they could just lose that. But he touch. doesn't even do that. Like he doesn't even do that. Like he's not in on the four check, ma- creating turnovers and chances. He just 
floats in the soft circle, not really doing much in the corners. He's up and he's down. He's up and he's down. He's in the neutral zone. He's on. He's on the ice. He's off the. I just, I, I, I think he's nowhere. I think he he really needs to step it up. He's he's taken a step back so far this year, in my opinion. Name me one game this year where you were like, wow, Connor Brown played really well. No, and he's he's the type of guy who you would expect him to chip in with a goal and. I just have a problem with how much, like, he's had some chances. Like, tonight, he had a chance out front. The puck came to him, and it just, like, went through his stick and his leg. That's what I'm talking about. He couldn't put the puck in the ocean. Couldn't put the puck in the ocean. which is a shame because he, in junior, he was very offensive, and he scored 20 goals that first year. And so you were like, oh, here's a guy who works hard, but also, when he gets a chance, can put the puck in the net. But it's just... It's nowhere around him right now. Like, he just has no chances whatsoever. It hasn't been all year. Like I was saying, like, I'm thinking tonight because I'm trying to pick, like, who's my bum? Okay, well, pretty much I thought Connor Brown hasn't played well in a while. So he was high. He was, like, kind of next up. So before we got on tonight, I was like, well, when was the last time I, I thought he played well? And the answer this season has been never. I don't think he's had one really good game where he stood out. Sure, he's had games where he's been okay. But he, I don't think he's had one game where he stood out at all. Yeah, and I, I agree with that. And I guess the good thing about that is he's only making $2.5 million a year. I'm big on the salary cap. And a guy who makes that type of money can afford to have a little slump like this. I don't think he'll be this bad all year. I ha- I do have some faith in him still. But so far, he just looks like a step behind offensively. In the neutral zone, just everywhere. I, I he he has been a bum. Like, I, yeah, what yeah, else yeah, can yeah. I say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks like a stiff. Well, if you want to talk about guys who cannot put the puck in the ocean, oh, here we go. Here, don't we go. even have like even a compass can point <laughs> his shots towards the net. Like he is just stone hands mcgee i don't even know i don't even know who you're talking about and i'm already laughing frederick goche <laughs> freddie the goat poor freddie the goat i don't think he's been oh horrible. but like he is just so up and down the you want to talk about up and down the ice yeah and yeah the reason <laughs> why he bothers me so much is because he's one of those guys who's six foot five, who might as well be five seven. Like it just drives yeah. me nuts, and that's why I harp on him more. Like, guy, they've had guys in the past, like Dominic Moore, and let's not like, yeah, they traded for Brian Boyle that one time at the deadline, but like Brian Boyle wasn't anything special. Like he was just a good guy, mm-hmm. and but yeah. Frederick Goche, like it, I, they're so thin at the center position past their top guys. Like they're, and it's hard to ask. Like not every NHL franchise and depth chart is perfectly set up but it's just this guy if he doesn't start chipping in somewhat offensively like he's just you want he's guy doesn't even get shots like at least connor brown at least he gets a chance and he just misses it or flubs it like frederick gote i can't remember the last time this guy had like a a serious chance at the net like it, it he could not find the net at all do you think babs do you think babs is just trying to turn him into like like what would like what's what's his like if you're what do you, what's his role in Babcock's mind? Like when Babs puts him over the boards, what's he thinking? In Babcock's mind, what he is looking at all the time at Frederick Gote is you're six foot five. Other yeah. than that, I can't see anything that he does on the ice that is like 
I want to keep this guy out there other than their lack of center depth. But I just feel like he enjoys having a guy at his height on the ice because it kind of goes back to the team toughness thing we were talking about earlier. But the only problem and why he's a bum is he would be so much more useful if he actually used his body in Yes, he's not that type of player. People might say that, but it's like he has to be at that size, or else there's no he's there's no use no, because no, no. he can't do anything else. Yeah, no. Uh, no, what what you said is absolutely bang on. He's he plays like he's five seven. Yeah, he's brutal, and like I I just I haven't really seen. Yeah, yeah, he skates well on the ice. He, he's was not he, a slow for a big was guy. Was he a Berkey? He was a Berkey draft pick, wasn't he? I think he might have been a known as draft pick. To be honest with you, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but there was guys who went. Uh, ahead uh, or guys who went behind him I don't have them I don't have their names in front of me but I know for a fact there's guys who went behind them who are all serviceable good hockey players in the league and can can make have a role on a good team this guy just he's he's he, he's just he doesn't do anything like it just yeah. bothers me yeah yeah he he Poor, poor Freddie. He just the guy. The guy just can't catch a break. Poor. Freddie I know. I just, goat. I just ragged on him. I always feel bad ragging on the Leafs because we're fans, and I want to see them do well. And but just, I, I just, I think that no, he definitely, he definitely struggles. Like it's a fourth line, and like let's not. I hate. I'm always the guy who's like, let's not get too worked up over the fourth line. But I just, I, I don't want to harp on any of the the big guys this week. I thought they all put in a decent effort against Winnipeg, and. And but like I just watched Frederick Gauthier on the ice and 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 like the best thing he can do is keep the puck in the offensive zone for for a little bit. But other than that, it's just it's nothing else. Well, you're talking earlier. We we're talking earlier about how they lack grit and toughness. And so, yeah, it's frustrating to see a guy with his size play the way he does. Just no edge to his game whatsoever. Yeah. And I think if you're a Leaf fan right now trying to come up with arguments of why you like Frederick Gauthier or what he does, like I think you're just kind of reaching a little bit all right my beauty of the week easy peasy gonna keep this short and sweet nazem kadri gets the monkey off his back this time last week we were talking about how he hasn't scored yet he's got to figure it out what's he gonna do now a week later he's got three goals three and three he seems like if if you know if if you know Naz, you know in the back of his mind he's looking at Matthews being out as a chance for him to get some more ice time and be a play a more prominent role and pad his stats a little bit. So hat tip to Naz, good for you. Got the monkey off his back, three goals already. Nazem Kadri, you're my beauty of the week. Oh well, that's a respectable pick, and it's it's happy to see Naz and Naz is mine. The guy thinks he can get fifty. Yep. You know, deep in his well, the, mind, there's some part of him that still believes he could be a 50 goal scorer. The that's what you love about him, though. That's yeah, his exactly. best asset. That's what I was gonna say. That's what you love about him. He just has this confidence. That, but he could. But he plays a role, though. He's not a selfish player, so that's why you love him. You're my beauty of the beauty, week. Ryan. My beauty of the week. And I think he's been picked already, but I'm gonna go with Casper Kapan as my oh. beauty of the week. There you go. There you go. I don't disagree. I have been the Casper Kapanen flag waver since episode one of Talking Buds. Yeah, and and now the landscape has changed a little bit with Matthews being injured, and he's going to have to go around the lineup. But I think with Matthews in the lineup and watching those two Winnipeg games, like at first we were kind of like joking. Or I'm looking at this from a fan's perspective, by the way. But at first we were kind of joking about him and Willie being best friends and oh he's taking a spot isn't that cute best buddies whatever well Willie yeah but 
I, I actually bought into it watching those two Winnipeg games because this guy is so dynamic when he was on that line. And I hope he keeps it up with the other guys because he's just such a spark and he can put the puck in the net. He's also like, one of the fastest guys on the team. Willie Nylander can put the puck in the net, but Willie Nylander can't like jolt a line like Kapanen does when he's on one of those shifts. And he has tons of scoring ability. He's a hard shot. He's so fast. So I kind of started buying into the whole, you know what? Maybe in their mind, they're like, he's somewhat, he, this guy's replacing him in some sort of way. Even though I know they're still trying to get the deal done. By the way, the deal's not done. I had nope. people on me being like, oh, well, it sounds like he's going to sign. Guess what? He hasn't signed yet. Nope. And there's hasn't been any rumblings really since then. So, And to reiterate, neither one of us thinks that Matthews being hurt is going to expedite that process at all. No, I don't I don't believe that at all. I don't believe management works like that. But Casper Captain, you're my beauty of the week just because you've been everything and more that we've expected so far in the first month of the season. And that's just what we want to see. And it's exciting. I like the combo of him and Hyman. When I saw that that was the line, I was kind of like, eh, they're kind of the same guy on one line. That line is fast, man. Like, Casper and Kapanen adds a speed up. Because, like, as we we all love Johnny T. Johnny T's, he's gotten a bit older, slowed down a little bit, and he's become more of, like, a methodical type player. Kapanen is first in on the on the forecheck every time. That's why I love him. That's why I told you. I've been Casper and Kapanen guy since day one. Yeah, him and Hyman together, it's a really fast line, and... Zach Hyman, honestly, I thought he played his ass off against the two, against the Winnipeg Jets, both those games tonight. He was a little, he's always working hard, but the offense doesn't come too easily for him. Like I made a joke that he didn't even know he's like, he hit the side of the net and he doesn't even know when he scores because it happens so rarely, <laughs> which is like, his celly was say. hilarious. He did the fist pump and the hell yeah. He was like, well, I just tied this game up. And it's like, no, sorry, buddy. But uh, like Zach Hyman, though, the guy guy works hard. And I, you know, I've seen Zach Hyman score nice goals in the NHL before. I, I recall last year a couple shorthanded breakaways. He put it in, but he works hard. He works hard. He works hard. But sometimes he's just missing a little touch in front of the net. Yeah. All right. Anything else you want to touch on before we do... Totally unqualified takes or tut? Oh, what do we think about what? What, what do we think about tut? Yeah, I don't know about tut. Yeah, buddy. okay, okay, okay. We'll leave. We we won't we won't use tut again. No, it's not the best. But I guess just a look ahead. Um, Dallas again. Dallas is a wild card team to me. They don't have great D. Very offensive, so they can either come out score a bunch of goals or give up a bunch of goals. I'd be like, I feel like the Leafs, that's a good team for the Leafs to play to get out of a little scoring drought. Cause it's not always a Picasso with Dallas's D and Pittsburgh's a worry because Pittsburgh just went on a tour of Canada and absolutely dummied every single team. Just they look like dummied. they've returned to the cup contender. Not that they weren't last year. They totally were, but they look like they've returned to the top cup contender. Top. See, so I said tut top cup, <laughs> cup contender status that they've been the last few years. Yeah, and Sid didn't have a goal, and now he has five after that trip, and Malkin's up there in points. I think he's got 18 points, and Phil's kind of doing his thing too. You, Phil Kessel always sneaks up on you in that points race. He always has his 
over 80 every single year. So that's going to be a tough game in Pittsburgh, but at least they're on the road and they seem to play better on the road. But I, I'm, I'm not really excited for that one. I feel like that could be trouble. But yeah. you just never know. Well, I, you, honestly, no, no, but I, I, you said it, the fact that they're on the road, like for what I feel better about this team when they're on the road, they just seem like they they seem more comfortable on the road. Yeah, they just Plus see- they travel so well. There's always a contingent of Leaf fans in every building across the league. Yeah. And it just, well, well, you know what? I, hopefully just the scoring rounds up. And we don't get another effort like we did tonight. I don't know if it was just effort or just wasn't their night. Sometimes you're just flat, but they were flat for three periods. Well, they were flat for 55 minutes. And then the last yep. five minutes, they decided to wake up. But I hope, like, just we need to turn around. We need guys to step up. We need the depth scoring. Guys like Connor Brown are bums. Connor Brown, Frederick Goche, they got to they gotta step up. That's why there are bums. And if you don't want to be a bum next week, then you gotta step put the puck up. in the net or yeah, you gotta contribute step up. offensively. How about yeah. that? Yeah. Stop skating around out there doing nothing. Yeah, just go they're just doing their best all over the ice. That's all they're doing. <laughs> just doing their best. But you know what that is? Yeah. It's it's nothing. It's just, just it's just floating around in the middle of the ice, waving their sticks at people. Just working hard on the perimeter, just not yeah. contributing anything. So this is just step up time for the Leafs. It's time to time to see what we got. Andreas Johnson, what do you got? Levo, what do you got? Tyler Ennis, what do you got? Like Parland home. Yeah, Parland home. Patrick Marlowe, what do you got? Yep. Like you yeah, haven't oh, done yeah. anything. No, no, he hasn't done anything. He really hasn't done anything. He's and like for the amount of money he's getting paid, like his his contract is causing cap problems, and so he better step it up. I have a feeling that come playoff time, he'll elevate his game because veteran players tend to do that. But yeah, I agree. He's he's done he's done nothing. Yeah, and it's 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 you can you can be like, oh, it's still early in the season and hopefully they can just kind of keep up this current record they have. Like you want to stay in that top three in your like not just in your division, but in your conference. You want to be up there, you wanna keep pace. Like they can't have a little stretch here where they lose a couple and fall behind. Like I just don't want to see that out of them. Like I just I just want to see them continue to push to be at the top, but it's gonna take more than just two lines to do that because I feel like those two lines are gonna find they're gonna have a hard time finding some. It looks like they weren't like in sync tonight. Like Martyr made some some good plays, but I think it's gonna take every single forward they have to chip in offensively. It's time for totally unqualified takes. Tut. <laughs> It's time for Talking Buds. Totally unqualified takes. All right, I went first on Beauty and Bums, so that means you're going to go first on Totally Unqualified Takes. Okay, my Totally Unqualified Take, and I don't know if we're just doing... Is is this like... I know we shouldn't know this because it's our own show, but... Is it like a weekly unqualified take or can I do like... No, no, you can piggyback off last week's. We gave the Nylander thing last week a two-week buffer. So that one's still... I said within the next two weeks. And then you you had a week, but you changed it to line up with mine. Because I want to make like an aggressive hot take that's like a one that's going to span the whole year. All right. But I feel All like... Right someone's got to keep track of this kind of stuff or else maybe we'll we'll just forget about it. it. Make a note of it and bring it up in the show next week. So maybe instead of 
doing the whole year, I'll do like half a season. Okay. The whole year, because I'll probably want to change my mind at some point. Just write it down on a little sticky note so you don't forget it. All right. Well, here's my quote. Totally, totally unqualified take that halfway through the season at the 42 game mark, I know half a season's random, but this isn't a totally unqualified take, so it fits the segment perfectly. But halfway through the season, Frederick Anderson will be in the Vesna conversation after Ooh. 42 games. I like that. That's a positive. That's a positive take. I know it's you know what? He's, er- I playing, know. he's playing like it. it. It's early and we know he's Frederick capable. Anderson is 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 streaky, but he's another guy where he, you know what? I we know what I'm most happy about with Frederick Anderson as a Maple Leaf and no one really talks about it is his health. I've been extremely Ryan, impressed Ryan, with his durability as Ryan, a Maple knock Leaf. on wood right now. Thank you. Yeah, I'm knocking on wood right now, but I, I well, you can't control injuries. They're going to happen. I'm just talking about the past couple of years. I'm not saying going forward. Anything could happen going forward. But you look at the what the time he's put in with the Leafs, though, he's been relatively healthy. And if you look at his numbers past October, like you, you see, you watch the broadcast, they pull up the numbers, these ridiculous stats that someone keeps track of, and it's always his numbers past October. And yep. They're awful. They're terrible. I mean, the they're always great numbers after October. Like they're always phenomenal. And he's had a good October so far. Really respectable October. And I feel like that he could keep this up. He looks extremely mobile and confident and just He's looked good in every start except the Ottawa game. Yeah, he was he was bad against Ottawa and then there was there was one game where they he had a he like, they just gave up a shit. Like, see, St. Louis. This was a St. Louis game. Like, there was a couple short side goals in that game. But they were horrible that game. Like, Calgary could have easily had a couple more goals than they did tonight. He made a couple huge stops in the first period. Oh, he sure did. And, and he in the second, be, too. Yeah, and he could be a key. He's another key that we haven't really mess- mentioned. And with Matthews being out, he could be a difference maker. My totally unqualified take. It's a two-parter. So... And this is also going to span probably the whole season. So write this down on your sticky note as well. Austin Matthews will miss more than four weeks. But when he does come back, he plays like a man possessed. And at the end of the season is still in the hard trophy conversation. Oh my, wow. That is reaching (laughs) that's what that's that's why it's called unqualified that is so unqualified and reachy i don't know oh that's okay okay here let me spoken like a truly fan yeah 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 i i think i think he could he could return and play. He he came, he was like shot out of a cannon when he came back from his injury last year. I think he knows what's at stake, missing time. We've seen when he's really focused what he can do. And I think that when he comes back, he's just going to be a man possessed. And and be in the, is, is he going to win it? Probably not. But at the end of the year, will he be in the conversation as the MVP of the league? Yes. Yeah, like he doesn't necessarily need to be like voted as a top three. Like no, no, no. Actual no, I, like voting. I didn't by... say win it. I yeah, didn't I know, say I win know. it. I just mean I like said be in the conversation. Yeah, the conversation as you're watching 
a sports network and they're talking about how he's in the conversation type of yes. conversation. And the whole thing is like, well, you know, he had the injury earlier in the season and since he's come back, he's yeah, been no, on another level. It's a very realistic storyline. I, I just personally don't see it. I feel like the shoulder also is just like not a great body part to like injure. Like it's a very awkward injury and I don't know how it's going to affect his game because I think they're going to be extremely cautious with them because oh, I don't want to have wanna, to I don't want to talk about it. that's what I'm saying you could potentially miss more than four weeks I don't want to talk about it again it just it, it just depresses me because yeah the last thing you want is for it to be a chronic situation and he's just in pain or it's yeah I just oh god bums yeah, me out so much yeah, dude yeah, yeah, it bums me out so much but uh, but you're saying when he comes back though he's gonna make it up to you with his performance well, based on what we saw last year he he came like i said he was shot out of a cannon when he came back from his injury last year i th- again i think he knows what's at stake this is a contract year for him he knows the criticism he took with how he didn't play that well against boston in the postseason last year so I'm looking for him to return. And like I said, I didn't say he's going to win it, but I'm saying he will be in the conversation. Well, that is that is a serious... I'll, I'll hold you. I won't, I won't forget that one, buddy. I don't even need to write that one down. Yeah. Well, that's why they're called totally unqualified takes because you just throw something ridiculous out there. Yeah, you just boiled up a serious hot take. Like, that was the hot take... Of hot takes. The only well, I told you I've been I've been playing it I've, for the first few weeks on this. I played it safe and it's kind of boring. So let's let let's throw it out there and say something crazy like a true diehard Leaf fan, like like almost like a like a put yourself on a diehard Leaf fan body and just come up with the most optimistic Leaf take or negative Leaf take you can think of. Yes, sir. Yeah. Well. Well, I don't know about that one, but I, I was saying Frederick Anderson might be horrible in a month, so I might look like the biggest idiot of all, but I think the and only William bigger... William Elander might get signed tomorrow, and then we're both wrong on last week's. Yeah, well, you said he would Well, no, I'd be signed. right. I said within the next two weeks. That's yeah, right. I said I said not two weeks, but then I went, I doubled down and said won't at all, I think, so yeah. I, I have, I'm going to be held to that one, but... Man, that's the only right. bigger hot take you could come up with is, if, is Babcock getting fired after the season if they don't do well. I think that's the only bigger hot take. <laughs> Which is never going to happen. No, that's that's why it's just ridiculous, and I wouldn't even say that even for this segment. All right, Ryan, I think that'll wrap it up for this week. I feel like we'll be back next week, next Tuesday night after the Vegas game, and we'll break that one down and talk about Dallas and Pittsburgh as well. Uh, once again, just want to say thanks to everybody for downloading the show. We'll see you next week. See you next week. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. 
Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, SayTheDamnScore.com.